Can I borrow this extra liturgy here so I can actually read the Bible passage? Thanks. <laughs> oh, wait, I have one. Never mind. So our, uh, our second lesson is from the Gospel of Matthew, um, chapter 20. And it's printed for you here in your liturgy. This is, uh, of, of course, Jesus speaking. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. As you listen to this parable, just remember that the beginning of it says this. The kingdom of heaven is like this, okay? I think that it'll help you absorb the, the deliberate shock that is, uh, is written in this parable. Kingdom of Heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius for the day, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around. He said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, no one's hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last, then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received a denarius. Now, when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, these last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I, I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I'm generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. So the word of the Lord, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. God's people said, thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh God, open our ears that we would hear the gospel, open our eyes that we would see the world the way you do, through Jesus' eyes, in Christ's name we pray, amen. Last week we heard a parable about forgiveness. The main idea of that parable was that God's forgiveness has no limits, and that we're required to participate in showing grace and mercy to those who ask no matter if they ask over and over again. And we noted that the larger point theologically is that God is changing the world by loving the world. And that a key aspect of following God by being Jesus' disciples is to follow God in the way that God loves. And we noted that God does not just sit down, reason with himself, and make a decision to be forgiving any more than he sits down and reasons with himself and makes a decision to be loving 
forgiving and loving, forgiveness and love are part of God's very being. There's no time when God wasn't this way. There will be no time in the future when he isn't this way. Love and forgiveness are everlasting and eternal because love and forgiveness are embedded into the very nature and being of God. We made that point by referencing back to um, the prophet Hosea who um, God puts these words in Hosea's mouth. There's some anthropomorphic language going on. God is frustrated with the choices that God's people are making. Uh, God is really upset. That language sounds very intense because God is always upset when God's people don't treat each other well, when God's people make bad choices, when God's people go against what it means to be a human being, when the poor are being taken advantage of, etc., etc., etc. God is like up to here with Israel, and this anthropomorphic language comes out. It sounds like he's very angry, and then God interrupts himself with Hosea and says, oh, how can I give you up, O Ephraim? How can I give you up, O Israel? I will not give you up. I will not come in wrath. I will come in mercy. And then here's the zinger. Because I am God and no mortal. Because I am God and no mortal. I am the Holy One in your midst. Tied to God's holiness, tied to the uniqueness of what it means to be God, is to never stop loving, to never stop forgiving, to never stop moving towards the world, towards you, toward me, towards your enemies, in love and mercy. Today's parable, more of the same. Radical generosity is on display again. But it's a story that goes further in that the story invites us to confess that we're sometimes those who resent God's radical generosity to those who we don't think deserve it. In so doing, we betray the tendency, the all-too-human tendency we have to want God's grace for ourselves while being stingy with it towards certain others. The parable is straightforward. A denarius was taken for a day laborer, and it was just enough to get by on. It was what the working poor of that day made. So when the landowner gives the same pay to even those who come late in the day, he's obviously taking that into account. They need enough to live on. Now, at the same time, it's not hard to identify with the people that have been there working all day, right? They're hot, they're sweaty, they work really hard for that denarius. To them, it isn't fair. And that's the point of the parable. It isn't fair. And that's good news. Because the kingdom of God isn't about fairness. It's about grace, mercy, and a God who gives lavishly according to his nature. 
Fairness is not in the mind of the landowner. Compassion, mercy, and a right to do with his resources what he wants. That's what explains the landowner's actions. Kyle Snodgrass, in his wonderful book on the parables, I call it his big book on the parables because it's really big. I have no idea how this man wrote this book. I think it did take him his entire life to do it. It's an amazing book. Um, he puts it this way about this parable. God's judging is not regulated by human perceptions of justice. And lurking behind that statement is a whole theology of mercy. Maybe that's your refrigerator quote for the week. Um, in our text, the laborers who resent the landowner are said to be envious. The more literal translation would be Jesus saying to them, not are you envious, but is your eye evil? Is your eye evil because I am good? Perhaps Jesus had the book of Proverbs in mind when he said that, specifically chapter 28 where the greedy are said to have an evil eye and the righteous do not hide their eyes from the needs of the poor but respond to those needs generosity, uh, generously. How would Matthew's church have heard this parable? There are a lot of ideas about who might have needed to feel convicted hearing that parable in the original audience but we'll leave that for another time. For us, the message is clear. The kingdom of God is based on mercy and grace. And that's good news for you and me and everyone. Not human ideas of fairness. We need to make sure that the whole of our lives bear witness to this. The whole of our lives. But I fear that some of us who've been in God's family for a long time, um, it's been said that some of us who, well, let me put it this way, I'm going to paraphrase someone, it's been said that many of us who've been in God's family for a long time have a sense of privilege, and we sort of look at God and God's generosity like the nieces and nephews of slightly eccentric and really wealthy uncle would look at him if he started giving his money away to the poor right and left we'd feel like, hey, uncle, slow it down, <laughs> right? Leave some for us. We kind of feel like we're God's handlers of God's extravagantly gracious message. And that does not portray God as God wants to be portrayed to the world. God wants to be portrayed just this extravagantly as he is portrayed in this parable and many others. May God give us the grace, the imagination, the tenacity, the humility to live in that way. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. There's your 600-word homily. Thank you very much. Told you we'd have an abbreviated worship service. I don't know how many.